many of you this morning enjoy raking leaves? You want to put you like the crazy people. Uh, you want to come to my house and rake some of my leaves? I'm like, I, I got my lawn and my yard all nice. And then I looked out yesterday and another tree had just fallen. All the leaves were everywhere. And I was like going crazy because I'm like, I've just done all this work. And I'll be honest, I'm fed up of raking leaves. Who's fed up of raking leaves? Not as many of you. Wow. Who just left the leaves? You know? Wow, you guys are lazy. I'm like, you better get out and and rake some leaves. So, well, I said the next time that I'm going to buy a house, I'm going to look at what trees are around to make sure that leaves aren't going to come into my yard. Now, I have a neighbor who we do not have a fence between us, and he never rakes any of his leaves. And I think he just waits for the wind to blow and blow into my yard, and it gets me like crazy. And I have to get all the patience within me just to go out and be a good Christian and rake my leaves myself. But anyway, I think it's a huge chore to rake leaves. Anyway, but this is what fall is all about. Fall is all about leaves falling to the ground. And what what we see, we see once what was alive now is dead because it's been detached from the tree. The tree has a root and the root gives life to the tree. And because the leaf is no longer attached to the root, it falls and it dies. And when the wind blows, sometimes even branches come off and they lie on the ground. And branches that once budded with life are now only good for firewood. And that's all they're good for. Now Jesus actually spoke of a time in the future when we would have to be careful that we would not be what we call misled from the truth. He said, Jesus said that there will come a time when men will say, I am the Christ. I am Jesus. And that they said that they will have the truth. But Jesus said, don't believe them. And actually, Jesus said that in Luke chapter 21. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 21 and verse 8. By the way, I remember when I like was screaming church as well. But the difference was my dad was the pastor, so my dad would like say from the pulpit, he like, hey, Alexander, shut up, you know. <laughs> and I knew I was in trouble when I got home. I mean like like sore butt after that, I tell you. Anyway, Luke chapter twenty one and verse eight. It says there, Jesus says, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and saying the time has come. And then Jesus says, but don't believe them. Don't believe them. Don't be misled. And then there was a guy called the Apostle Paul who once persecuted uh, Christians, and then Jesus revealed himself to him. He had a life change, and he started to follow Jesus, and he went throughout the eastern and central parts of Europe, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this guy, Paul, he said that there will one day be a time in the future where there will be a great rebellion or in some translations it says a great apostasy of the church. And he said that this will have to happen before Jesus comes back again and when we live in the end times. And he said this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, the Apostle Paul says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, 
let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already become, meaning the last days have come. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say. For the day will not come until there is a great rebellion, or maybe your translation says the great apostasy, and that the, the, the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who will bring destruction. So Paul uses this word here, rebellion or apostasy. And the word apostasy means an abandonment or a falling away of what was once believed. An abandonment or a falling away of what was once believed. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, that many in the church and many who call themselves Christians will abandon or fall away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This means that there will be many who once followed Christ, who gave their all to Jesus, who will veer off the path of the Christian walk. They will turn from following the truth of God's word, and they will no longer live a life following Jesus. And that will happen in the last days. So what I want to do this morning, I want to give you three examples of three types of churches to watch out for to see if we are living in those last days or not that the Bible clearly tells us about. And the first church I want to bring to you is called the church that has become a loveless church. And in the last days, there will be many churches that will become loveless churches. Now, we're part, uh, we're Christians, we, are, we believe in the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus is a man who is a man of love. We are supposed to be people of love. But in the last days, when this great rebellion happens, many in the church will become loveless. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 10 to 12. Jesus said this when he was talking about what will happen in the last days. He said, and many will turn away from me. So many people who once followed Jesus will turn away from Jesus. He says, many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. So Jesus here is talking about the people in the church. He's not talking about people who have never been Christians. People who don't believe in God. People who followed other religions. He's talking about people in the church. And he said that many will no longer follow Jesus. They'll start to hate each other. And then the love of many will grow cold. And then in, in the, the book of Revelation, we see there was a man called John who had a revelation from God and he saw a vision of what the world would look like at the end of time. When all, when Jesus Christ comes again, that, that he would have this revelation of Jesus. 
And in this revelation, he had a vision of seven different types of churches. And in these churches, there was one church called the Ephesian church. And the Ephesian church represented one of the churches in the last days. And this church was known for wonderful, great things, but it had one problem. It had left its first love. It had left the love of Christ, and it had become a loveless church. Now, in the book of Acts, what we see, we see when the very first church was set up, that people were drawn to the church because of their love. People said in the book of Acts, it says that everyone looked at the church and said, look how these Christians love one another. So that's the first church. But in the last days, people in the church will, not, will start to hate each other and there will be lovelessness around. Now, the Apostle Paul, he, he gave us a, an example of love in the church. In the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you've probably all been to a wedding and you've heard, the, you've heard the verse like love is patient, love is kind, love does not boast, it does not uh, hold a wrong against each other. But what Paul was saying, he was talking about the church of Jesus Christ and how we are to love one another. And, and, and in this scripture, he says the most important trait in a church or for a believer of Jesus Christ, is love. And Jesus says, when this great rebellion or this great apostasy of the church is going to happen, the hearts of men and the hearts of the church are going to grow cold. You know, Jesus once said, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, those who abide in me, or those who stay close to me, those who stay connected to the vine, they will grow and they will live life. But those who disconnect themselves from the vine, those who, who step, fall away from the vine, they will suffer death of spiritual life. They will fall away and that's the same with us. If we fall away from God, then we're going to fall away from the, the attributes of God. The character of God. And in the last days, many in the church, like a leaf that's on a tree, will fall away. Now, there's no longer the life-giving message of Jesus feeding into their lives. And they're going to fall. And they're going to be like dead souls. You see, because love is an attribute of God. And Jesus is the source of love. And I believe it is impossible to love unless you stay connected to Jesus. We have lots of examples of love out there in our community, on TV, on the internet. But pure God love is only found by staying connected to Jesus. And if you want to love like Jesus loves, you have to stay connected to the vine. A church and an individual that falls away. They may do good works. 
They may be big and strong. A church may be big and strong and healthy on the outside. But if it's not connected to the vine, it will never really love. You know, when you see a church that is not patient, when you see a Christian who is not kind, when you see a community of believers that boast about themselves, that hold grudges, that are jealous of one another, that is demanding, that is controlling, that overlooks injustice, that loses faith, that gives up, and they become negative towards one another. Then you have what is known as a loveless church. And this is the type of church that Jesus talked about in Matthew. A loveless church that John saw in the book of Revelation. And our prayer today has to be this. That we have to stay connected to the vine. Because if we don't stay connected to the vine, we won't love. And God help us if we lose love out of this place. Generation Church should be known as a place that we love. You as an individual believer of Jesus Christ should be known as a person of love. And when you stay connected to the vine, you will love. But if you fall away, if you turn from God, you may become loveless. The second type of church that the Bible talks about in the last days is the church that will become lukewarm. The church that will become lukewarm. So this guy John, he saw seven churches in his vision. And these seven churches represented churches uh, in the last days. And for the churches, they had things that God said they had to work on. One of them was the Ephesian church that was loveless. God said, if you get love back, then you're going to be great. And so four of the churches had things they had to work on. Two of the churches that John saw were, were commended by God. Jesus said that you are doing everything that you should be doing. Keep doing it. They'd stay connected to the vine. They, uh, they, they, even when hard times come, they didn't stray away. They stay faithful to God. But there was one church that Jesus actually scolded. And Jesus basically said this was a hopeless church. And it's found in Revelation chapter 3, starting at verse 14. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14. And this is what it said. It said, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. John is talking about Jesus here. So this is a message from Jesus to this church in the city of Laodicea. Jesus said this in verse 15. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. There's not one good thing that Jesus says about this church. 
Let me just explain something about the church at Laodicea. The city of Laodicea was a, a major city in, in, in Jesus' times. When the apostles were around, the, church, the city of Laodicea was like at a crossroads of commerce. It, it, it was a crossroads where, where, where merchants would come and they would buy and sell. It was a big city with lots of money. And people were very well off in Laodicea. Now, Laodicea was surrounded by two rivers. The only problem with these rivers, these rivers were so dirty that you couldn't drink the water. The rivers were polluted with dirt. Another thing about Laodicea, it had lots of springs. Water kept coming up in all different places. Water was not in shortage. The only problem was these springs were hot springs. And so when the water came up, it was lukewarm. Now, this is in, in, in uh, southeastern Europe. It's very hot in southeastern Europe. If you've ever been to Greece or Turkey, you know how hot and dry it is there. Now, these people needed water to survive. They needed water to drink. The only problem was the water from the springs was so disgusting that nobody could drink it. So what the people at Laodicea did, they were the first ones to build aqueducts. And so they built these, built these aqueducts so that they would bring water from other cities into this city. And Jesus said to this church, he said, he said, in the last days, there will be people who were just like the water in this city. Just repulsive. Disgusting. He said that you're neither hot nor cold, you are just lukewarm. And John tells them, he says that, or John sees this vision of a church that really wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. A church that wasn't, you know, all about Jesus, but it either or also wasn't just all about going and having a good time. It had one foot in following Jesus and it had one foot in living a life that was not a life that God intended. This was a church that was a misled church. It was a church where people went to feel good about themselves, but they really didn't follow Jesus at all. There was one day back when I was 21 years old, and I discovered that I had become a lukewarm Christian. I'd been going to church, and I was involved in church. I volunteered at church. I even occasionally read my Bible. But one day, I was sitting in a Sunday morning service, just like what we're sitting in here, and God spoke to me in an incredible way. And basically, he says, your lifestyle repulses me. See, I was sitting there, and my head was hurting so bad because I would partied a little too hard the night before. And I remember God spoke to me and he said to me, he says, do you want to follow me or do you want to follow this party lifestyle that you've been living? And I remember when God spoke that to me and it was just very silently and I knew God was speaking. He convict what we call convicting my heart. And I remember that I had made this lifestyle of having a good time doing what I wanted to do a God in my life. And I remember, it was like God says that you're like a lukewarm Christian. 
You've got one foot in the church, but you've also got one foot in doing the things that you want to do that are not, not, not giving glory to God. And I remember at that moment, I got on my knees. Actually, I went to the front of the church, uh, and uh, the, the pastor had given an appeal. I went to the front of the church, and I just bore my soul out to God because I realized I was in a place where God was not happy with my lifestyle. And this is the type of church that's going to happen in the last days. This, in, the, in John's vision, the, the church at Laodicea, they were big and they were fancy. They, 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 were, they were not in want. They could have had anything that they wanted. But because they had one foot in the church and one foot in living a sinful life, Jesus said he's going to spit them out of his mouth. And at the end of time, before Jesus will return, there will be many Christians. There will be many churches that will rebel against living a life of fully following God. And they will become lukewarm. It will be a church that if you read the Bible, barely looks like a church. And I ask you today, just why we're here in this place. What kind of Christian are you? Are you a Christian that is hot? You're like on fire for God? Or are you a Christian that is lukewarm? The fact that you're here today shows that you're not cold. You, you're not totally uh, uh, against God and, and living a lifestyle that's totally against God. But the fact is, are you on fire for God? Or do you have one foot in the church? One foot in following God? One foot in living a life for yourself. In the last days, there's going to be people like that. And my prayer is that none of you here at Generation Church this morning will be one of those Christians. Will be part of one of those churches that is lukewarm. The last kind of church that Jesus talks about and the Bible talks about in the last days is the church that will be confused. The church that will be confused. The Apostle Paul, he wrote about end times in the book of Timothy. He wrote about what will happen at the end and what people's lifestyles will be like. And we'll deal with this next week about our lifestyles and just some of the things that people in the last day, they will think is okay what it really is not okay. And then after that, he wrote this in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3. Paul says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myth. So there's going to come a time when people will no longer want to listen to what the Bible actually says. That they're going to reject what it says. Instead, they're going to search out places where people are speaking things that they want to hear. Like, they're really good. You know, like, everything's going to be wonderful. You know, you don't have to change anything. You can follow God, but you don't have to change your life. I mean, that's what's going to happen. And there are going to be people called false teachers who will teach things that are not, in a, in a, uh, are not in alignment with the Word of God. Peter actually talked about this 
in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And he, sa- and he says this. He says, but there will also be false, there were also false prophets in Israel. Just as there will be false prophets among you. And he's talking to the church. He says, these false prophets will carefully teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who brought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of the truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. You know, everybody likes an entertaining speaker, right? I mean, if I stood here this morning and just like in monotone, like blah, 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 blah. You know, you'd be like, that church is the worst church ever, you know? I'm like, that guy is boring, makes me want to fall asleep. When I was at college, there was a guy who, in, we had this big lecture theater, and he would, he would like have a mic, and he wouldn't even look up, and he would just read, and it was like, blah, 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 blah. And I don't think I got a good grade in his class. I just like fell asleep all the time. But we all like entertaining speakers. You know, I like listening to those TED Talks, you know, on, 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 on TV, just learning the, on, on the internet and learning different things because they're entertaining speakers. Many of you, you would probably spend a lot of money to go and hear a, a really good comedian, right? I mean, I like listening to good comedians. Maybe you would spend some money going to listen to a famous speaker. We all like entertaining speakers. But the Bible tells us there will come a time when people will listen to people because of how they say something, not because of what they're saying. And every preacher, including myself, has to be careful not to allow the method of preaching and communicating take more importance than the message that is being preached. You know, the Apostle Paul, he once said this. He says, I don't come to you with clever words and clever speech. He says, I just give it as it is. I tell you the word of God. I tell you the gospel of Jesus just as it is. And he says, I don't use clever words or clever speech because I don't want to take away from the message of Jesus. And all of us, we have to be careful that we are listening to what is being said Not how it is being said. Because we can be misled from the truth. They will be called false teachers, the Bible says. They will deceive many. They will be clever in their speech. People will want to follow these people because they will tell them what they want to hear. Not what they need to hear. The hard truths about following Jesus, and, 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 and there is in the Bible, I, I make no lie about it, there's wonderful things about following Jesus, he's going to give you life and life to the full, but the reality is, there's some hard things that you're going to have to do if you want to follow Jesus, Jesus said to take up your cross, die to yourself, and follow him, and, and at that point, many no longer follow Jesus, they didn't like the hard words that Jesus said. But the reality is there are some hard truths about following Jesus. But in the last days, 
these hard truths will be set aside and many will preach a comforting gospel that will give people the things that they want to hear. Even some of those teachers will live immoral lives and they'll justify those immoral lives. They will twist the gospel to get a bigger following. You know, and sometimes, you know, I'll flick through the TV channels and I'll listen to what some people put on, t- or some preachers preach on TV. Sometimes I'll look through Facebook and, and, and see what some Christians, they actually like follow and they said that they believe in and they support. And sometimes I'm like, I shouldn't laugh, but I do laugh. Because I'm like, how twisted is what they're saying? And how people actually believe in what they say and what they follow and call themselves Christians. You know that, you know, I mean, we're not a Catholic church at all. And I've got some very wonderful Catholic friends. But there's many people in the Catholic church who believe that if you pay more money to the Catholic church, that you will actually get extra forgiveness for your sins. And people believe it. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think. I mean, I'm like, where in the Bible does it say that? But people actually believe it. And in the last days, there will be people who will say things that you want to hear, but it isn't necessarily the truth. And this is why Jesus, time and time again, says, do not be misled. And this is why, and I say it all the time, you have to know what this book says. It's not a complicated book, but you have to know what this book says. Don't take what I say, and that's it. Go home, study it. Understand what the Bible actually says, so that you do not become misled. You know, the reality is that in the last days, even the church has to get darker before it can get lighter. And I pray that Generation Church will keep shining the light until Jesus returns. I pray that we will be people who love no matter what. That we will burn with the passion of God and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And that we will not become lukewarm in our walk with God. I pray that truth will emanate from this place and we will not fear about speaking the hard truths of the gospel. And I ask you today, and I think every one of us this morning should search our hearts. Are you in a place where you could see yourself fall away from God? Are you in a place where you could be part of that great rebellion, the great apostasy of the church? Will you be one of those who partake in turning from the truths of God and following other followings and and other sayings and other people? Or will you stand your ground and go deeper in your faith in Jesus Christ, even as times get hard and stay connected to the vine? For those who stay connected to the vine, There is a wonderful promise for you. And the promise is this. In Matthew chapter 24. Verse 13 to 14. Jesus said. But the one. Talking about the one who stays connected to the vine. The one who endures to the end. Will be saved. 
And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations who hear it will hear it. And then the end will come. The promise is this. If you stay faithful to God, He's going to save you. Last week, we talked about the wars and the problems. In a few weeks, we'll talk about just the fear that, that, that will happen in the world. And when that happens, you do not have to fear. Because if you stay connected to the vine, the result is you will be saved. Let's bow our heads in prayer.